On today's episode of Titus and Tate, we are talking to the original friend of the program, mm. Duncan Robinson. That is the entire show, Tate. We talked to Duncan for about an hour. Uh, he is he is a home visiting family. Uh, obviously, just took part in the NBA Finals, and uh, yeah, we had to catch up with him. So that's what we yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. Duncan's a regular Degler guy. He is. Uh, you know, we've seen him grow from the sixth man at Michigan all the way up to the NBA Finals. We have mm. enjoyed the ride, but we wanted to get his take on the ride because you know mm. th- we we've seen it through the media, we've seen it through other shows and other things, but we haven't gotten Duncan on our show to say. Here's what actually happened. So here it is. Yeah. What actually he, happened? He debunked a lot of media uh, Ooh, so narratives, <laughs> including some that I've put out. From <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was debunking my stories to my face. Uh, it was it, it, it was great. We also uh, a little teaser at the end of the interview. I played. I, I addressed the fact that uh, everybody on earth thinks Duncan Robinson looks like somebody. Mm-hmm. But no one can agree on on who he looks <laughs> on like who most. it is. Yeah. yeah, so we 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 tried to tried to settle that. Uh, but that is the show today. That we we originally were not going to do a show this week. We're going to take the week off. Uh, but then we we were trying to set something up with Duncan, and he said he could do it uh, this week. So we figured, what the hell? We wanted to talk to him, and uh, we we didn't really want to talk about anything else. So that's what we did. We're just going to make the whole show a Duncan interview, and we really got into it with him and enjoyed it. And he's the original friend of the program, and we love him. And if you are new to our experiences with Duncan Robinson, you're going to see how much we love, why we love him so much. So here it is, our interview with Duncan Robinson. But first, Duncan Robinson. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right, we don't we don't need to do an introduction. Everyone knows who he is. We let's just get right into it. Duncan, uh, what's where? Where are you? First of all. I'm in the great state of New Hampshire, uh, where I was born nice. and raised, visiting my mother. Um, my brother and my sister are uh, are around this area as well, so it's good to be back with some family. Let's start here. Let's get serious for a second. Let's get sentimental. <laughs> uh, what, As you think back on the last three-plus months of your life, uh, the whole experience, the, the run to the finals, the living in a bubble, uh, just everything, everything going on in the last three months – whether it was happening inside the bubble, outside the bubble, whatever. How, what, what is the state of your emotions right now mm. as, as you sum mm. up looking back on the last three months of your life? Um, somewhat of a maybe corny um, answer, but I, I'm incredibly grateful mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. just for the run that we had, um, the experiences, the fact that we were able to finish that season. Um, you know, I, I think back and obviously like that, the finish, the last three months will be the defining moments of, of this 2019, 2020 season. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I look back and I don't even remember like the first half of it, but it's really obviously going to be uh, the bubble. That's the most defining, but um, just a ton of great experiences. So I'm, I'm just very grateful and appreciative. And Duncan, the last time we saw you, uh, you know, there was, you know, basketball was still happening. We thought that we were going to have the NCAA tournament. We thought that the season was going to keep going as it is. Things changed. We had a pandemic hit in case you didn't see. And then you go into a bubble. And I want to start just from the full bubble experience. So we we Mm -hmm. call this the bubble bliss period. So when you and the Heat, you guys get right in the front end of the bubble. There's people shotgunning beers. There's J.J. Redick doing podcasts. There's, There's all these things going on. What the heat seemed to kind of stay under the radar at the st- at the start of the bubble, and then at the end, you guys were you know kind of the bell of the ball. So, what was that like at the start? Were you just laying low, hanging out, playing golf? What were you doing at the start of the bubble? Uh, I mean, a lot of it was was really working back into basketball shape. You know, you, you we had the mm-hmm. individual workouts before we got there, but like 
So no fun and games with you guys. You guys are all about <laughs> basketball. I like that. I mean, we I'll be honest. We were, we were playing some golf, uh, enjoying, you know, the resources that the NBA and Disney provided. I think, uh, you know, Myers made maybe an appearance on social media, shotgunning a beer or two. Um, <laughs> I said I, I said he had more fun than anyone else in the bubble. I felt like Myers, like everywhere, <laughs> every other day, it was like something coming out with Myers Leonard, just like, and then every time they showed him on the sidelines, he's just losing his mind clapping. And yeah. I was like, that guy, that guy might be the number one, but like he wants to go back. Has he left the bubble yet? Do we have confirmation? Is he just like, do you just try to move in there? Um, yeah. I mean, we, I think as a team though, like I think what gave us an advantage and we talked about this going in is that we felt that whoever was going to be willing to embrace the bubble for what it was um, would actually have a competitive advantage. So uh, we, we really did just try to lock in on that. Obviously, you know, there's 24 hours in a day. So you can only spend so much time watching film, working out, doing all these other things. Uh, so particularly early on in the bubble, I know guys were getting out and, and enjoying um, some, of the, some of the activities at our disposal. Um, you know, by week three or four, those were pretty much uh, old news and we were looking for new things yeah. to do. But at least in the very beginning, it was a good time. That, I wanted to ask you that. I had that on my list of questions about the bubble experience. What was the like dumbest, lamest thing that the NBA put together <laughs> that was like, oh, the guys will love this, and then nobody did it, and like every it, it does such a thing. I, I mean, there was the Dwight Howard DJ party where he was. The <laughs> but was there like anything else? Was there like we're gonna set up like a a, a big ping pong tournament for right. all the guys and y'all were just like nah we're good Thanks, i would <laughs> i would probably say the biggest one was just the players lounge in general um the hotel yeah. that we were out at like the 16th floor and it was really nice honestly like it had a um a balcony and like a whole setup they had like pool tables ping pong tables um and they brought in like tvs and playstations all this stuff and i think they had this vision of it just being this like, you know, player safe haven where everyone would come and hang out. Um, they had snacks up there. So I would go up there occasionally. I think, <laughs> I think maybe, maybe like two or three times I saw another human being up there. <laughs> so eventually by the end of it, we had a group that we would order food and, you know, sometimes you just want like privacy away from the staff, away from everybody. We could always count on the players lounge just being absolutely empty. <laughs> so we would just go up there and just like hang out and we would never run into anybody because no one was ever going to the players lounge. Uh, did you ever think about using the snitch hotline? <laughs> was there a moment where you're like, that doesn't seem, I read the protocols before we got in here. That does not seem, you guys are, you guys are not, you guys are playing doubles ping pong. That's not allowed. Now hang on right. a second. No, that, that, uh. I can't imagine that was used by anybody, honestly. I know that was so wild when they, <laughs> when they announced that was happening. I was like, "What? Well, how is this going to work? Like, what? There's no way they're going to keep that a secret if someone uses that." Like, right? You know, right? I mean, there were <laughs> there were obviously a lot of a lot of jokes being made around, like, you know, reporting very valuable players uh, to get them, you know, yeah, whatever quarantine yeah. for a few extra days. But like, nobody, I can't imagine anybody actually dialed that seriously uh, to report like a mask violation or something, but I don't know. And Duncan, I have to ask just about like uh, during this whole period of time, like especially during the first eight games before the playoffs started, there were so many moments on social media in the bubble, people talking about different things. My favorite happened to be involving you and you guys were playing the Cavaliers and there was a photo taken behind the coaching staff. And one of the coaches is Googling Duncan Robinson, Miami heat. And I, <laughs> 
I just wanted to like those types of moments. Do you see those on Twitter after the fact? And you're like, this is amazing. Uh, or, or are you trying to kind of like, you know, do zero dark, you know, 55, whatever you call it. And just kind of stay out of the way because Twitter was great early on. And yeah. uh, that moment in particular was amazing. Yeah. Um, a lot of people sent me that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, to be honest, I, I didn't really know what to, to make of that um, <laughs> in terms of like social I media. I think it's flattering. I think it's, it's amazing. Great. Yeah. Right. Um, in terms of social media in general, like I, I, I'm not on Twitter actively. Like I don't have um, the app. I have like an account. Um, Instagram, I tried to like dial back as much as possible, but the reality is like you're in a hotel, so there's not a lot going on. So it's so easy. I found myself doing this, uh, particularly early on, like it's so easy to go and in, get into that trap of just like mm -hmm. taking out your phone and just scrolling. So eventually I just de deleted the Instagram app from my phone um, just to kind of give me some, some clarity from that. But there's a ton of, I mean, obviously in the NBA season in general, there's a lot of idle time, but it takes it to a whole nother level, um, you know, when you're in a bubble for a hundred days or whatever it was. It, it doesn't help to, in terms of like people talking about you on social media. Uh, I guess I didn't help by <laughs> yeah. tweeting, out the, <laughs> tweeting out your text. That, that, I, I certainly didn't help anything with the, uh, the Duncan Robinson chat. Uh, how, how sick are you of people telling your story? Like, are, are, have you reached the point where you're like, all right, this is enough. Like, hopefully after this run now i went to the finals i scored 26 points in a finals game i'm starting like we can be done with this guys we don't have yeah, to like stop bringing time, up williams every time yeah I <laughs> every time i make a shot you don't have to point out that i used i used to suck or whatever like we don't need to do this right I, i'll say this so when you tweeted that um that, that was probably the tweet that got sent to me more than any other for the record <laughs> like people loved that one and then the next day uh, you know, we had uh, finals availability, like media availability. And I'm like gearing up for my, my Zoom session. And I probably, you know, had like a 10 minute session or whatever. 90% of the questions revolved around that tweet. <laughs> they were just all that tweet. They were like, they were just like infatuated with this, this idea of like, you know, that I was going to be a sport, that I was going to be them, that I was going to be on the other side. Right, of right, Zoom right. Call. Yeah, like you're yeah. one of us. Yeah, yeah. One of us. The funny thing about it too is that like, and this isn't like, you didn't try to deceive, but like, because you, you just show the text, is that it was very clearly for a class. Yeah, and it I was for a class. Yeah. And it kind of had gotten taken out of context <laughs> um, in, so, in some capacity. And then like, on, on top of that, it was like this idea. I was just basically having like a safety. Net, you know what I mean? Like I, I wanted to reach what? out to you. It was just kind of made sense. And people were like, oh, like you were never going to play basketball again after Michigan. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you were going to go straight to try to work for the ringer. And it was like, that really wasn't no, no, no. what was going to happen. But yeah. No, yeah, there, I think there's some middle ground. I think if, if I remember correctly, like, yeah, you weren't done. Play it wasn't like you gave up because like, if because yeah it's very contradictory the stories because everyone looks at those texts and you're like damn he must have thought his basketball career is over <laughs> so so kids remember to work hard and you can always achieve your dreams and i'm like no hang on a sec if he thought his basketball career is over wouldn't he have just like packed it in after he graduated from michigan like why would he have continued you know yeah like i, I think i think uh my memory of it was yeah you were doing it for a class you were just kind of interested. It wasn't like, hey, journalism is my passion. I want to make dank memes on the internet <laughs> for, for NBA Reddit after I graduate. It wasn't like that was your passion. It was just like, 
uh, I'm supposed to do this for a class. I don't really know what the hell. They, they told me to pick something outside of basketball. I don't really know what to do outside of basketball. You're doing the podcast. <laughs> how, about a bas- with, yeah, how about a basketball you, podcast? <laughs> yeah, you're doing the podcast with Dockage, and you're just like, I don't know. I'll talk to you. Uh, I apologize, by the way. That was uh, I didn't mean for that to happen by putting that out there. What, no, what no, happened, no. my story, because I, I don't want you to think that I was using you for content. What happened was mm-hmm. I, I went to text you because like, you, you made the fine. Like, you guys beat Boston, and I was like, damn, that's pretty dope. I, I should probably reach out. Cause I have a policy, Duncan. I don't text anybody. Like, like when, when Mike <laughs> Conley was playing in the bubble, I didn't, te- I didn't say a word to him the entire time. Then he misses the shot against the nuggets. Yeah. And I was like, I should probably reach out. But then I'm like, nah, maybe I'm being a dick. I didn't, I, I get nervous about that stuff. So <laughs> Basically Conley thinks that you guys are not friends anymore. And he's yeah, like, Con- I kind of wish yeah. Mark would have reached out to me. Yeah. Mike, Mike is, <laughs> Mike hates me now. Um, so I have a policy not to reach out, but like, I, 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 I don't know. I was just like, that's, that's pretty dope that Duncan did this. I'm just going to text him. And then I went to text you and then I was just like scrolling up just to, I was like, I wonder if that text is still there. And I just scrolled up and I was like, and I was reading it back and I was just laughing. I was like, this is so funny. <laughs> Read it back. Yeah. Uh, and then I put it out there and I thought, you know, I knew people would care, but I didn't think it would be like that. I, I guess I should have factored in that the journalism people go nuts thinking that mm-hmm. that's a good point that, that you were one of the, you're right. one of us. <laughs> but I mean, with, with that being said, like at that point, there is some truth to the fact that I had absolutely zero certainty of like what was next and yeah. that it was very realistic that at some point I would need to transition away from playing basketball. I didn't know if that was going to be you know, right after Michigan, or I, I figured I would have at least some opportunity to play overseas or something right. like that. Um, right. And with, with, with that being said, like I had told you this, I was a big fan of some of the stuff, like some of your writing and had followed you for a little while. Still Well, now, now I like to view it more as a, as a friendship. Uh, yeah, yeah, than, okay. Than, like- uh, you know, a one-way fandom. Um, but anyways, like, and then we just kind of dialed it up there for like two hours yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah so i don't know it's it's um, funny to look back for sure back back to the the original question of what started us bringing this all up like how are, are you sick of it i, I know i kind of have an idea of what your answer is going to be and i wish it wouldn't be this but uh yeah like at some point Duncan, you got to be sick of it like at some point it's no longer a compliment to be like this guy sucked. He thought his career was over. He he was. This is, <laughs> folks. This is how bad Duncan Robinson. You're helping was. the narrative keep, like, right now. You know what I mean? Because like it's different circumstances, but like this is I I dealt with that like making my brand be walk on basketball player. I was like, this is funny, ha ha ha. And then it just got to the point where people would like introduce me, like whatever on on show. Right. I'd come on some podcast <laughs> and they're like, all right, our next guest sucks at basketball. He's the worst. And I'm like, god damn, like dial it back a little. Um, so there's got to be some of that, right? You're kind of over it. I'm. Yeah, I just think the I would imagine the, the general public is probably just tired of hearing it. Like I, I, I've I've heard this at like in broadcast every time I mention or every time I do anything. Like I could pick up a foul or like turn over the ball. It's like and you know he he started uh, Division three. You know didn't play a lot yeah, in yeah. high school. Blah, 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 the whole thing. They just like have the descriptive monologue that they just fire off. Um, I mean it. It's still it's still nice to to be talked about. So I don't want to sound like I'm like you know, mm-hmm. above it or something, but I, I do hear what you're saying and that I do hope at some point it can transition away from that and, and just being a, uh, hopefully, you know, respectable NBA player. Um, yeah. and that, and that my, my work at that level and, and what I've been able to produce at that level just kind of speaks for itself. Mm. And you talk about being a respectable NBA player. I want to get back to the basketball court dunking because I want to talk about the officials and the referees and, 
the people don't really understand the fact that Scott Foster and the officials, they were in the bubble, obviously. They were, you know, staying next to the media. Uh, yeah. They were playing they were playing pickleball. They were, you know, <laughs> all around you guys. And I just want to talk about that, you know, con- those conversations, right? Because it feels like, you know, you have to play the I, you know, nice to meet you, sir. Like you kind of have to suck up and play politics a little bit with the officials. Did you do any of that? Because in the games, I saw plenty of times you were trying to talk to officials and they would just ignore you. I didn't like it, but I was like, they're just trying to send a message to Duncan. Mm. But maybe you have to play more politics outside of, you know, the Mm. actual game, playing pickleball with them, whatever it takes. But uh, what did you do with the officials? It was usually just kind of a nod of like, you know, respect. (laughs) If if we would, we would uh, cross paths. You got to do more than that. You got to go, you got to figure out their wives' names. You have to figure out their kids' names. (laughs) That's the next step. I think I. That's what LeBron's doing. Couldn't agree more. Um, The only conversation that I actually had was, I think it was game, I don't know, three or four of the finals. I thought I got fouled on a three. And mm-hmm. there was like a huge, mm-hmm. it was, it was between myself and Eric. I, don't, I can't even remember his last name. Um, if he's listening, I, I apologize. <laughs> um, but uh, it was, it was between myself and Eric. And in the game, like it was probably the most worked up I've been this season, probably in my career at an official outside of the time I got teed up because I got tangled up with Mo um, Wagner, which is its own thing. Um, but anyways, Eric and I like had a moment where I, you know, maybe mix in an expletive and then said that I was a foul and he gave me like a mean mug and it was just kind of this awkward tension the rest of the the game. Of course, the next day, that's the first person I see when I'm walking down to breakfast, he's walking the other way and I had watched it and I'd realized that I was probably out of line and that I could see why he didn't call it a foul. Um, and I just said to him, I was like, Hey, Eric, I, I just want to let you know, man, I, I watched it. I apologize. I was probably <laughs> out of line and he actually appreciated it. Uh, which is what good. we're talking about. Um, nice. and then he had a, he had us for a later game and still didn't give me any calls, but you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it is yeah. what it is at that point. That, well, the dude, Lakers wrote him a letter. So, I mean, you just yeah, saying, hello. Right. I mean, that wasn't good enough. That, yeah. that was the theme of the finals to me was you looking at the refs like I, I felt so it was so sweet how naive you were like every time there's a foul called on you or there wasn't a call like someone fouled you and they didn't call it you would look at the refs like how could this the system is letting me down I don't understand like that was a fa- and it was like oh Duncan oh poor Duncan like you really think you're gonna get these calls <laughs> on this stage played against LeBron so actually in like I think it was game two I had a like a swipe and I shouldn't have done it like I shouldn't have done it at all it's like transition I should have like taken a foul at half court, but I waited and I like swiped at the ball, missed him entirely. LeBron, <laughs> like didn't even make contact, not even close. They call a foul. He gets an and one. Then like game six, the same thing. And, and in that game, like game two, like you said, I was probably still naive at that point. I was like, I turned to the ref. I was like, I didn't even touch him. I tried to like make a case. Yeah. Game six, the same thing happens. Don't even touch him. No contact. In fact, the foul was on somebody else. Like he got hit, but it wasn't me. And I was just like, I just, I was like, I'm not even going to go there. Yeah. Like, it's just not at this point. I, I'm realizing what it is. And it's just, you know, whatever. You found yourself, <laughs> you never thought you'd get to this point, but you're like, man, I really wish Ted Valentine was calling this. <laughs> I don't know. I can't if believe I'll ever I'm saying that point. Yeah. I don't know if that'll ever be the case. Speaking of like LeBron and favoritism and all that kind of stuff, like obviously, uh, you, I imagine you're some sort of a fan of LeBron. Whether you're like a diehard fan growing up, you probably respected the guy at least as a basketball fan growing up. 
obviously throughout the series, the Lakers tried to attack you defensively, and there would be moments where LeBron would come off a ball screen, clear everyone out. <laughs> now you're you are now finding yourself in a situation where you're guarding LeBron James one on one with very little help in the NBA Finals, and, and 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 I'm guessing in that moment you don't really think about it too much. But as I'm watching, I'm like, yeah, I'd be shitting my pants if I was talking right now. <laughs> yeah, that that was game one uh, that we did. Just decided to switch everything, and we quickly, yeah. we quickly made that adjustment. Um, so it happened less and less as the series went on. But like we had had a big conversation as a team around avoiding those moments of like kind of the off factor, um, yeah. just because we we felt like that concedes a certain level of edge in that that gives them a, an advantage the moment you're kind of like, oh, wow, this is so-and-so on this stage. Um, so we tried, there was like a big time effort beforehand to like just completely yes. get rid of that mentality um, in its entirety. So I feel like once the game started, I, I was pretty good about just locking in at the task at mm -hmm. hand. Um, you know, looking back with a little more perspective, there, there's some of that just because, like you said, I mean, grew up watching him. Obviously, I have a lot of respect for him as just a, a basketball player. Um, but during the game, I tried my absolute hardest to avoid that. Uh, another thing that gets brought up all the time is your your parents must have been huge Spurs fans and named you Duncan Robinson. Could, can you address <laughs> that? That you were born before Tim Duncan was ever before uh, he was Duncan even was, a, a thought yeah. to be a San Antonio Spur. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not a Spurs fan either. Yeah. I just yeah. wanted to point that out because that that's annoying me as well. Okay. Take, go ahead. Well, I just <laughs> want to say you, you did play the Celtics, right? And then the picture goes around the circulating picture of you at a Celtics playoff game, I think the year before or something like that. And then all these Celtics fans thought that you were going to help them somehow win this series because <laughs> yeah, you were going to yeah. be embedded on the heat. And one, I wanted to debunk that. And then two, if it was true, like, did you have feelings of like, man, I'm playing my favorite team. This is weird. Uh, or was it not even close to that? Because that was just a question I had. So I think that was Scott Brini, right? Who, who yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that, what's funny is that picture was actually. <laughs> Everyone was trying to go viral if you dug in. They were like, what do I have? <laughs> <laughs> that picture was actually from after the game this year when I was on the Heat. It was just a rip, but like, <laughs> but with with that being said, I was at a Celtics game, a Celtics playoff game last okay. year. So that did happen, but the picture was from a completely different event. <laughs> um, but the storytelling was accurate. Just the the picture is deceiving. Um, okay. So I wanted to get out and just clarify that. <laughs> no, that's great. I, we need that. Um, I, I don't even remember the second part of, of what you were asking. I uh, I don't either, other than the fact that did you grow up a Celtics fan? And like, right. did that have something to do with you playing against them and caring about playing against the Celtics? So I, I did grow up a Celtics fan. Um, I didn't go to a lot of games or anything, but like I had, you know, been and watched games at the Garden. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Paul Pierce used to be my, my favorite player. Now, obviously, he has like an embedded rivalry with Miami between the D Wade slander <laughs> and everything. So like now I, I don't like Paul Pierce anymore. Um, so, so that, that's that. And then the, uh, the other side of it was during the season, we played the Celtics twice, both on back to backs and both times Brad Stevens was absolutely ruthless in calling me into, into switches late in the game to get ISOs mm. on me, like mm. ruthless. <laughs> so mm. like I had developed this, like. I have, I have a ton of respect for, for, you know, coach Stevens and the whole organization, but like I had actually, de I've developed like a genuine dislike 
um, <laughs> of, the, of, of the Celtics. How dare you? In that, like when we when we beat them, um, when we beat them in the bubble before the playoffs, we played them in a seeding game. I was like so fired up for that game. I like, and I hit a shot late, and I was just like mouthing off. Like, and I, I don't really like talk that much, but that one was like it had just the added chip because I had just you know my childhood team that now I for whatever reason just really don't like at all um and then of course you run into them in the conference finals uh we're able to take care of them. but still like i said ton of respect for for them and it's not like i hate them or anything but there was just a little bit of added motivation let's talk about like the more fun part of you playing <laughs> which is on offense uh obviously uh i felt like throughout the bubble tate and i like talked about this on the show every so often just you have now reached a point duncan where it, teams are keen on you defensively like it felt like we, we watched a lot of your games and it got to a point where uh I would notice like you would cross half court and guys are picking you up immediately to the point that like you, maybe technically I guess according to the experts you're not the best player on the heat I don't know what they're saying that I'm not saying but they say like <laughs> Jimmy or Bam is all right I guess I don't know yeah um <laughs> But I, I told Tate, I was like, it really feels to me like there are some games where, like, a Brad Stevens, for example, calls timeout and he says, listen, let Jimmy Butler score 40. Let Bam, you know, have his little turnaround jump shots in the paint if you want. But I will kill all of you if Duncan Robinson hits seven threes. <laughs> like, I will, I will murder you all. Um, yeah, so, I mean, first of all, it's, it's a great sign of respect. So, I, I, yeah. I, pretty, I hear what you're saying and that it's like, it can be annoying in that regard. Sometimes – you know what I'll do if, if they're like hugged up against me and we run a play where we know that's going to happen and we get Bama lob, I'll tell my defender, I'll be like, you know, you're really, you're really supposed to help right there. Like you're, you're yeah. supposed to come <laughs> off of it. You're supposed to go help. Um, but like, like I said, it, it's really just like the ultimate side of respect. I think a big part of it is that, you know, there's, there's only so much you can do to mitigate like Jimmy or, and Bam's effectiveness in terms of like, Jimmy's going to get to his spots. Bam's going to, you know, impact the game in the way he does. Um, obviously there's such a big emphasis around shooting threes for NBA teams now. So, you know, defensively it becomes, how can we stop them from getting loose from three? And, um, you know, I, I noticed it for sure in the playoffs, obviously, you know, the game slows down a little bit, defense, um, ramps up and there's just more attention to detail on, you know, sets that maybe I was getting looks in during the regular season where it didn't happen in the playoffs. Um, but it, you know, at the same time, I'm really okay with just, you know, attracting a, a defender that's just not going to leave me and having us play four on four because guarding Jimmy five on five is hard enough, but guarding him four on four in space is, is a nightmare. Um, yeah, so I, yeah. I just kind of do my job and shoot it when I'm open sometimes when I'm not. And it's kind of my little catch line that I've had. Um, <laughs> and I just do that. Yeah. And then game six, KCP, you just mentioned the lob to bam, like KCP didn't even come off you for that lob. Like he just stayed on you in the corner for that three in that one moment. Then game six, you guys are going back at the, you know, going at each other. And he says, "You ain't nothing," is what Chris Haynes reported. Uh, and then the official jumps in to him and says, "Like KCP, basically stop talking mean to Duncan, try to get your back." And then KCP snitches on you and says that you're talking to him. And then I have to ask you, like, what were you saying to KCP to get him off of you? Because that really is like he was like a gnat on you in Game Six. Like he would not leave you alone. That's what Titus was saying. He was like, I'm just going to follow Duncan around the whole game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how that one started, um, I actually came in late. Like him and, him and Jay Crowder were going at it, um, mm. you know, <laughs> saying whatever. I, I just caught like the very tail end of it. Um, and I, you know, maybe not in these nice terms, I basically just mm. told KCP to 
to be quiet, you know, to just, to, to just stop. Yeah. Um, and then I don't, uh, he's Excuse like, me, fiddle, sir. fiddlesticks sir. guys, stop, sir, please stop. <laughs> um, and then I, I don't think he enjoyed the way in which I said it. Um, and then that, you know, then he kind of came at me and, you know, we went back and forth a little bit, but really it, it was actually him who started the, yeah, taking okay. it to that place. Yeah. On the record, Jen. he started it. He yeah. started well, it. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that. He said, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. He said he, you know, whatever. But We all uh, saw it. We all saw it. Yeah. We, we know what happened. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I want to I expand on something Tate brought up, which is uh, your kind of ups and downs throughout the finals or like your, your aggressiveness, so to speak. Like in the first couple of games, it felt like you were feeling it out a little bit. Um, and then we noticed that there, there seemed to be a conscious effort for you to shoot. As you said, you, you shoot when you're open and sometimes when you're not. Uh, it felt like, as someone who has no information, and this is just a guess, but just observing from the sideline, it felt like the coaching staff told you, like, we have to, sh- like, please shoot the ball. Even even if you miss, we want you to keep shooting because we need you to be a threat out there. Um, which, it, first of all, is that is that true? Is there, like, a conscious thing of, like, just get your shots up, they're going to start falling, and even if they don't, like, we need you to be a threat and get shots up. And secondly – God damn, like th- that that really is like the <laughs> ultimate green light if you're being told like even if you miss, keep shooting at all times, keep shooting. What is yeah. that like to have that green light, Duncan? Like uh, that is something we all dream about. <laughs> Every basketball player on earth wants that. You seem to be one of the few guys that has it. Are are, are you're not taking it for granted, I hope. I hope I hope definitely, you understand how Definitely you not. <laughs> definitely not. Um definitely not taking it for granted. I'll say this. I mean that that was the the messaging all season. So it's not like mm. we we yeah. got to the finals and then all of a sudden it was now you got to shoot every time. Um, they've been telling me that from the jump, especially coach Spo. I mean, he was telling me to do that when I wasn't making anything last year, preseason, whatever, like he was still telling me to be um, aggressive and shoot everything. So, you know, I truthfully, like I, I was very disappointed in, in games one and two um, for myself personally, just because I felt that I wasn't, I didn't have that, that same mentality that I'd had for much of the season. I didn't feel like I was being, Mm-hmm. who I had been, um, particularly, you know, when I was at my best, a lot of it is just that having that mentality. Um, yeah. and you know, I, I think honestly, like I, probably a part of it was just kind of nerves and, and getting comfortable and, um, you know, and at that stage also everything's ramped up, you know, the defense, their yeah. focus is going to be more, um, everything's going to be more. So it, it required me to, to bring more as well. And I think game three, I really didn't even make that many shots, but I think game three, I, I at least got back to being who I was from an aggressive standpoint. Um, yeah. And then from there, like the, the beautiful thing is like, they really don't worry about makes and misses with me. Like they it's the conversation is all around attempts. Like it's not, we need you to make five threes. And I know it's, we need you to shoot 10 and like, Dude. we need you to shoot 11, 12. And that's just, yeah. when you focus on that, you know, the results tend to take care of themselves. Right. So, so, so do you, do you, uh, as, as you assess, like, getting to this point in your career where coaches are telling you that, uh, and, and, you know, we, we've, we talked about your story ad nauseum. Um, do you like stop and think about like the fit at Miami and, and maybe you're not, not that you're lucky to be at Miami, but like, do you believe that if you, uh, if it wasn't Miami, if it was the Cleveland Cavaliers that you ended up, you know, playing summer league for like the same sort (laughs) of messaging would be delivered to you or is it, uh, I guess what I'm saying is like, it does feel like a lot of guys, like fit matters to these guys. Like, do you think your career would play out if you're playing for any other team or is it, is it something about Miami sees the, the guys saw something in you and um, yeah. Yeah. Sir, it certainly wouldn't be guaranteed anywhere else. Um, yeah. 
you know, I, I don't want to say that I it definitely wouldn't play out this way because yeah. you know, I think I I obviously played my part in it as well. Um sure, but it, yeah, so much, I mean, so much of as you every level every you know level of basketball, but I think particularly as you move up, everybody's so talented, whether it be college or, or the NBA. Um, so much of it is just situation and opportunity. And I, and I think mm-hmm. what's really unique about Miami is that they gave an undrafted guy who had a, from a personal statistic standpoint, pretty mediocre college career, um, mm-hmm. an incredible opportunity to just be the best version of myself and, and to fly off screens and just let it fly. Um, so I think that, I don't think there are a lot of organizations that would do that. Like, I, I just don't. Um, I think, you know, guys would be caught up in, um, you know, playing the their picks and playing their money and playing the guys they've invested in. Whereas, like, mm-hmm. I was on a two way contract, non guaranteed or whatever, and he was rolling me out there asking me to shoot ten threes a game, which is like crazy to think. Um, that's why I I do feel incredibly fortunate that I I ended up in a place like Miami, and in many in many ways, it's like built the foundation for my career. I mean, I, I love it there, and I want to be there um, for the foreseeable future for sure. But we'll see, obviously, with all that. So. Yeah, and last year at Summer League, Duncan, like we were there, we were with you, we were watching you, we were pulling for you to be MVP, we were all locked in. And it's funny as you watch the Heat in the series, like Bam was playing point guard last year at Summer League. And, you know, it, you know, in the Celtics series, like he basically became a point forward, you know, and then you saw on the other side in the West, Jokic does the same thing. And then at Summer League, you were taking all these threes from all over the place and running all over the place. And that ended up being the heat offense at some level in the finals. So like, what did it mean to have like sort of the, the groundwork there where you're like, I've seen the success here. We've kind of built this together because when you got to those stages, you guys seem comfortable at least with each other. In other um, words, what Tate is saying is like, please, please make the case that summer league is very important and yeah, it needs to not exactly. be dead permanently. Cause we got to yeah, don't kill summer league. Yeah. Don't kill summer league. <laughs> we know you're <laughs> yeah. not coming back. Yeah. We know you're done, which is like pour one out for the, for the story, Duncan Robinson, summer league career, but like, we don't want to be done. Duncan Tate it, and I want to go back. To it all film. started at summer league. Just say that. That's all we need that one line. Well, first and foremost, whenever there's another summer league, I'm going to be there. You're going to be there. We're going to do another pod because that's now a tradition. This is the summer league pod, by the way. This is like the tech. This is technically the summer league pod. The 2020 summer league pod. All right. Yeah. yeah. So 2021, we'll be back and we'll run a summer league pod. Um, But I I think if if anything, it speaks to the like stability of the Heat's organization in that so many of these things that they like had planned for they continued to invest in and see it all the way through. I think a lot of, um, and that's not just like NBA, but like a, a lot of people have, you know, what have you done for me lately? And, and how, you know, if you're not a finished product right in this very moment, you're probably not going to fit. Um, but instead they kind of have a really good grasp on like big picture for guys and understanding that, you know, if we continue to invest and develop um, day in and day out, that there's a, a serious role here for you. Um, I think the great thing about summer league is you're able to experience, have that experience of shouldering that responsibility um, Mm -hmm. earlier on than what you would actually be able to do. Um, So I I learned a ton just from like playing through mistakes and um, gaining confidence wise. Uh, While we're on the topic of, of the heat culture um, last time you were on the show was right after the three point contest when you were uh the black sheep of the heat family so to speak you were yeah. the guy, you you we were talking about how you have lost you've lost the locker room duncan <laughs> <laughs> the entire franchise had d- did not respect you and uh 
as as we stand now, have you gained back the respect of <laughs> of of your coaches? And what really what I mean, I think, is Pat Riley and Dwayne Wade. I really was Dwayne Wade, wasn't wasn't it? D Wade that came it out with the D-Wade. most effective photo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have Dwayne Wade's respect? I remember at the time, did Iggy get traded? Like he just signed with you guys or something? Couple I remember asking before. something about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and th- that situation seemed a little dicey. Now, where where do you stand with Iguodala, Dwayne Wade, Pat Riley? Now uh, that that you've had the run you've had. I hope I'm in better standing. I, I will. <laughs> I will say, uh, you know, the All Star performance. Like when we got back, like that first team meeting. Um, you know, we were going through everything, and you know, coach of course takes segos, and I just really want to congratulate. Uh, you know, first Kendrick and Tyler, Bam and Jimmy for being, but then of course, you know, Bam taking home hardware, Derek taking home hardware. Then he goes <laughs> and Duncan. He didn't want to make me feel as like in Duncan, you know just pretty special that you're able to be there. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, really? That's what we're doing now? We're just, like, handing out participation trophies, you know, happy to be there. Um, but, you know, I think since that point, I think that, you know, I've, I've it's been a work in progress, and I'm continuing to, to regain yeah. um, respect or, around the Heat organization. But, you know, it probably won't be uh, completely fixed until I get back there and have a better showing. Yeah. Mm. And you said uh, one of your post games, I think it was after game three, you said Jimmy was really hard on you and that uh, that was like you guys had like a meeting after game two or something in, in his room and he was kind of going after you. But th- as you're saying this, you're saying it like I enjoy this, like I enjoy, you know, him getting on me because that means he expects this out of me. Can you just talk about that mentality? Because like we were we, we've been talking about, you know, some other situations with coaches being tough, quote unquote, but like there's a certain level of that. And it just seems like Jimmy loves you like a little brother. And, uh, and what does it mean when you say Jimmy's being hard on you? Because, uh, Jimmy just seems, to, Jimmy just seems to love talking shit to anybody. So that's, yeah. That's so, awesome. so that actually got misreported as well. Um, I don't know if you're, you're seeing, <laughs> I love a, this. I don't Duncan, know we need you. See, I, I think what we're learning is we need you to become, you should be place. in the media. Yeah. You got to clean up, you got to clean up the, the field of journalism here. You're the white knight. Uh, yeah. So I, that, uh, you know, I think you're probably noticing a trend here that, you know, things are consistently misreported. So with that being said, certainly don't believe everything that, that you read uh, or see. But, yeah, so that was that was after game two. Um, I think what was reported is that, like, I don't know, I, I went into his room and he watched film with me or something. And, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. was like, you need to be better here, here, and here. Uh, it wasn't yes. that at all. I, I was sitting in my room watching the game, uh, re-watching the game, and he just knocked on my door and was like, yo, Come on. And I was like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to right now. Um, you know, I'm watching this. I was in like a you know, I was pissed off in a dark place, uh, basically. And yeah. I was like, no, 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 come on. So I we just went into his room. It was him, myself, and his trainer, uh, who's you know, he's really close with. And we just like chilled and just like chopped it up. It was nothing to do with the finals, really. It was nothing to do with really particularly like heat basketball. He basically all he said in regards to that was like, we need you to be aggressive we need you to shoot and then after we did that that box was checked and then we just like <laughs> bullshitted basically just talked about whatever <laughs> yeah. um but i mean that's that's like jimmy in a nutshell and that you know he's gonna get on you probably more so in, in public places in that like if i'm messing up in practice or messing up in a game like he's gonna make a scene about that but he's yeah. you know it's behind the scenes that he'll he'll put his arm around you um and let you know that he actually like cares about so, you so I, that meant a ton to me obviously because you know, to have your best players support like that. And like, yeah, I'm playing my first playoff run and he's like, dude, 
shoot the ball every time. Like this is who you <laughs> have to be. Um, and now, you know, let's get back to talking about whatever, like it was just yeah. that. And, um, after that, I was just able to have more clarity around everything and to know that I had his support meant a lot. So it was just the most boring mm. meeting ever. Yeah. We certainly was not breaking down tape being like, Duncan, this is where you got to shoot right here on this no, spot. No, this no, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't that, but honestly like that, that's, I feel that that's more impactful than, yeah. than like saying, Oh, you, cause I can watch the game and, and see, Oh shit, I should have shot that. Like he, yeah. he, he knows that he doesn't need to tell me that like more. So it was just about like, Dude, just like be yourself. Like go out there and, yeah. and be aggressive. Be who you are. Be be who you've been that got us here. Um, and and everything will take care of itself. And just to have that vote of confidence, obviously, meant a lot. Um, I, I want to ask you about playing in the bubble, just from like a basketball perspective. Uh, playing on that court in that arena in that environment. Uh, did did you feel like the first of all was it was it easier to shoot, harder to shoot? No, nothing. Like, did did you notice a difference in that at all? Not really different. I, I guess maybe a Not little really. bit easier. I, I think people made a probably too big, big of a deal, deal out of that. Yeah. 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 Well, mm-hmm. we got it. We had to come up with something, Duncan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's in our contracts to deliver content. Like we had to, I mean, we I had to make up some like, reason why it's a little bit like, different. Yeah. You want to do 20 minutes on it being easier to shoot? I think so. Yeah. Let, that'll yeah. check a Tight box. rims, soft uh, rims, shooter. What about, rim. what about like the lack of fans? Did that feel weird? Did it make it, was it like back at AAU environment? Uh, that kind of stuff just yeah yeah i mean uh the first game was weird yeah. second game was kind of weird but then after that it just became normal um became, yeah i think probably the the guys that were the most taken back by it were like i was talking to andre about it you know he played and packed out gyms every single night when he was with the warriors because whether they're right. home or on the road it was full um so for him like he's it's been legitimately 15 years since he's played in a, in an empty gym. I, you know, I was playing in Sioux Falls and, you know, Prescott Valley, Arizona last year. So it's like, it's kind of more recent. I remember this quote you had. I remember this quote you had going into the bubble where you said, I'm used to playing an empty. Was that a shot at Michigan fans? Cause that's how I took it. I took that as a shot. uh, I was like, man, I like that. Duncan's taking the gloves off. He's just calling out Chrysler arena. No, not a shot. We we, we were well supported at Michigan. Uh, So no, no shot at Michigan. If any, if any uh, fan base, I'd take a shot at whenever we played at Ohio state, I felt like that place was empty. Seriously, yeah, yeah. granted, shot, granted yeah. it's it's seventeen, eighteen thousand, <laughs> it's, it's, it's bigger, but still, the fact like they couldn't fill that out I, for a rivalry game was listen, just listen, disappointing. I have, I have no rebuttal, Duncan. I have no rebuttal. <laughs> it is, it's uh, it's it's not good. Um, what what about the uh the fi- do you feel like the finals exp- you were cheated out of like a real finals experience because like uh Drake wasn't sitting courtside and Rihanna wasn't sitting courtside and you weren't like Bad Bunny like, wasn't spinning. I, I really feel like I don't know if you thought about this, but Miami versus the, the Heat versus the Lakers would have shattered the record for NBA finals. Uh the number of dudes in the crowd who are wearing a jersey with no undershirt. Um mm. that between Heat fans and Lakers fans, that is like mm. the scene would have been staggering Duncan every game. We would have just seen just fat dudes with this their yeah. hairy arms it's an old spice the... commercial for everybody yeah. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> like, and uh do, do you feel like you've missed out a little bit and like yeah sure you went to the finals but have you really been to the finals now because like you didn't really get the celebrity row interaction you would have been dapping up drake dude like you would have hit shots <laughs> and you would have been like dapping up drake on the sidelines and you missed out on that you know i mean obviously i, I think everybody wishes it was a, a normal <laughs> circumstance um <laughs> I think the the fact that it was so unique, I think, is special in its own right. But, All right. you know, I, I do think that 
a normal finals would be a totally different experience just because of the fans. Um, obviously that adds an entire dynamic to it that we didn't have, but I'm, I'm still, I mean, it was still a great experience nonetheless. So, you know, we had, we had some, some pretty big names on the, uh, you know, the video board court side. That was, that was exciting for a little bit. Obama was there for (laughs) one. That was fun. Yeah. Did you ever notice, did you, in all seriousness, did you, would you ever notice that any of those guys are there at any point in time? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I I think maybe once the only reason I noticed was like D Wade was and like Jimmy tried to like give him a fist bump. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like through the board or whatever. That was the only time I noticed. Otherwise you're just kind of locked in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What, what, uh, what else we got Tate? Yeah, I have one stat for you that I thought was impressive. This is from Tim Reynolds, uh, AP's Tim Reynolds. He said, including the playoffs, Duncan Robinson made 332 three-pointers this season on 43.6% shooting. The only others to do that and shoot that many, Stephen Curry, 2014-15, Stephen Curry, 2015-16, the same year that he was unanimous MVP. Uh, just, just wanted to point that stat out for the friends of the program because yeah, that, is, that, is, that is unbelievable, Duncan Robinson. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't I don't really believe it's true. Like I haven't looked Ooh. at the numbers myself, but that that's uh that's why Which one which one of the Splash brothers are you more confident you're a better shooter than? <laughs> yeah. Let's get some headline buzz here, Duncan. I saw because I saw someone who was it that said you're better than Clay you're better at catch and shoot shooter than Clay. And then like I, I love this too, because you, you have like been inserted into like people are starting to hate you because like other people are like yeah, I kind of think Duncan Robinson's better than Clay, and then and then like people that love Clay Thompson now all of a sudden are put in a position where they have to hate you, and you're just sitting there like I didn't say anything. I was just, <laughs> yeah. like, what did I, I do to deserve this? <laughs> I don't need any any part of those comparisons at, at this point in my career. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I've basically done it for one season, whereas those yeah. guys have yeah. done it year in and year out. So I don't even think that I'm like eligible to to be having yeah. those conversations yet. Mm. Um, that's a good answer. Yeah. Cause so you I are think, better. Cause we know you're better, but you're just not <laughs> eligible. That's a good answer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, down the line, uh, you know, if I, if I'm able to continue to do this, which hopefully I am, um, and I think I've, I'll be able to, you know, for the next, whatever X amount of years, then we can begin to, um, you know, have that. How many, how many times has uh, Steph had a dunk tip in an NBA Finals game? I'd just mm. like to point that out. You know what, man? I, I want to say this. I really appreciate you acknowledging that as a dunk yeah. because the, there's been a was. split. Some people the were haters, trying to say the haters were saying it wasn't a dunk. Yeah. Some people were trying to say that it wasn't, and I I'd like to clarify that I absolutely did touch the rim with both my hands, guided <laughs> the ball into the basket, and touched the rim with both hands. I didn't yeah. pull what down else? on the rim, but that's because. Yeah. You know, that, that's didn't want to get teed up. Yeah, didn't want to get teed yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're respecting the game. You don't want to showboat. You don't want to showboat. <laughs> <Right. laughs> exactly. Now that you've had some time to digest the the finals loss, um, a great run. Obviously, you came up just short, two games short, basically. Uh, obviously, we jumped on your bandwagon right before your senior year at Michigan, where you lost in the the national championship there. And then you lost, Duncan. You've also lost the Division Three national championship. Oh, yeah. So. Now, now that the emotions are, have calmed down a little bit, which one, as you look back on them, power rank those from like the one that will haunt you when you're 90 <laughs> years old and you're like, man, I should have won that. I can't believe we let that opportunity slip through our hands. Um, uh, you may not expect this answer, but I'll say that the Division Three one was particularly tough because we should have won that game. Like. Yeah. We, it was a buzzer beater. Like, we scored to go ahead with three seconds left. So I, oh, really? I, 
yeah, I'm having these emotions of we just won. Like I, I missed, I missed like a little like floater runner with five seconds and our big man tipped it in. So we're up, we're up one point with 3.5. Kid goes the length of the floor and lays it in and one at the buzzer. Oh my God. So I didn't lose. know that. Yeah. So oh, that, God. well then that's definitely the answer. That's definitely because right. Yeah. And then Villanova and then, wiped the floor with you guys. And yeah, Villanova, the one reason why Villanova, well, not the one, but one of the big reasons why Villanova kills me is that I was just a complete no show. So like that, yeah. that really, well, I mean, really bothers me. Um, it wouldn't have mattered. Uh, Duncan, Duncan, it wouldn't have mattered. They were, they, <laughs> hey, Duncan, it's not your fault. It's, it's not, not your fault, fault, Duncan. It's not your fault. It wouldn't um, matter. I mean, yeah, it, and that game wasn't particularly like close. Um, yeah. And then the other one, you know, we we lost in six. So like, it's not like we lost game seven down the line. Like th- those, yeah. these two losses, you know, the NBA Finals one, I think as I move forward in my career, I'll realize like, how special it was to get to that point. And, and I feel, I'll realize how big of a missed opportunity it was. I realize that now I don't want to yeah. get that misconstrued, but I think as you go on in your career, like right. I was talking about yeah. with uh, Solomon Hill the other day about this, like, you know, you, people just think, cause you go your second year, like you get spoiled, like, Oh, we'll be back. But like, mm-hmm. it, it just doesn't work that way. Um, yeah. And I, and I, I, th- I know that now, but I think you need to like learn that through going through it as well. Um, so in terms of like the most gut wrenching, I still think it's probably it's the, division the division three. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. That well, yeah, that, that makes total sense. I didn't know that context. That uh, that I that I appreciate I appreciate you bringing up the fact that I've lost in uh, <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> what a question. Canada, yeah. <laughs> it's not like I wasn't well aware of that fact, uh, but I, I appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah, I don't know. Why did twenty six points up? in game five? That That's up? all I got to do is bring it up. Twenty six points. But do you understand yeah. how less cool it is that I've played in all three versus won all three? Like, played <laughs> yeah. in all three is just like significantly. It's a participation trophy. Uh, yeah, it's just like it's just like All Star Weekend all over again. Because <laughs> because of course, as soon as you say, not that I go around saying this, but like as soon as anyone says, "Oh yeah, he played in all three, the answer is all right. Well, dude. Did he win any of them? <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's like, oh, no, he lost all three. And that's like, oh, you know, he's just like a n- notorious is, for coming in second no, place. I think, I think this is good. I think this is good because I think uh, I think this is going to be fuel for your hate. I think I think you've really arrived as an NBA star when you have a contingent of haters at all times that just hate you for anything you do. And I think <laughs> this this adds some fuel to the haters and you can like get the LeBron treatment where, you know, you're, you're playing out of your mind, but everyone's like, yeah, but he's – I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm trying to spin it. It <laughs> wasn't. I appreciate I'm trying the to, effort. I'm trying to make it like. Yeah. Why would. Why would I ask you this? <laughs> <laughs> um. What else we got? Oh, we got to dress the elephant in the room, Tate. And then. I, and then I want to play a game, and then we can let you go. But uh, we have to dress the elephant in the room. Do we need to have beef with JJ and Tom? Oh. Oh. Yeah. This is a big elephant. Yeah. 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 Like, J- how yeah. do we handle this? Don't. How do. How do you want us to handle this? How do you like when I'm when I'm getting on Twitter and sure. JJ Reddick and Tommy Alter are like that, our that our was, guy Duncan Robinson, and I'm like, no, yeah. hang on a second. Hang on. I don't know if you saw the text that I tweeted. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, to answer, no, I, I don't think the beef is necessary. I, I think okay, okay. I prefer to look Fair. at it as a uh, as like a big podcast family. You know what I mean? Like we're, okay. we're, all, we're all, right. all in this. We're all in this together. We're all, we're all, together. all, we're all fighting as a fellow fight. journalist yourself, as a fellow podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <yourself. laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so I, I think it can just be uh, more and uh, more of like a community effort. Um, okay. but then we need to get into you know separating sides or anything like that. <laughs> all right. mm, mm. 
if that's okay with you guys. We'll address it with JJ and Tommy. We're going to go on their show. We're, we're going to address the whole thing. But we appreciate you being so in the middle. That's yeah. that's what really matters. You're equal opportunist podcaster, and we, we respect that in the media game. We don't mean to be possessive over you, but at the same time, uh, you know, a day is going to come where you're going on, like, real shows. And then Tate and I reach out, and you're like, ah, can't. Hey I man, got leave. I got leave in the morning. I got leave. <laughs> we're like, we're like, wait, what? I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm mixing it up for an hour with Clay Travis. We're like, what the fuck? No, this is as real as it How gets. This, this is as real as it gets. Quick break to get aware from our sponsor, Nitsa. It can be a little frustrating, especially if you're in a hurry or running late, to find yourself at a railway crossing waiting for a train. And if the signals are going and the train's not even there yet, you may feel a bit tempted to try and sneak across the tracks. Well, don't ever. To the naked eye, trains often appear to be further away and moving slower than they are, and they can't stop quickly. Even if the engineer hits the emergency brakes right away, it can take a train over a mile to stop. That's right, a mile to stop. By that time, it's too late, and the result is potentially a deadly crash. The point is, you can't know how quickly the train will arrive. The train can't stop quickly. Even if it sees you, it ends in disaster. If the signals are on, the train is on its way, and you just need to remember one thing. Stop. Trains can't. Also, I want to talk about our great friends at Coors Light, Tate. If there's anything that's come out of quarantine, like if, if, if I, I am stepping into a time machine 30 years from now and I'm looking back at this uh, just hectic 2020 and, and my grandkids are saying, Grandpa, what, what about 2020 do you remember most about quarantine? I'm going to say, I remember just slamming Coors Lights at an unprecedented rate. This is, mm. this is what I've done. I have become a Coors Light guy through all this. Uh, I cannot thank them enough for for what they've done for me and my family. <laughs> God bless you, Coors Light. Uh, if you want to get on the Coors Light Silver Bullet train, it's easy to do so, folks. Because it does not matter what team or sport is playing, Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport just to drink beer. So flip through the channels, find a sport, and crack open a Coors Light. we got football going on, obviously. As I said, it's Joe mm. Buck season. We have the World Series now. Our beloved hometown Los Angeles Dodgers have have clinched a spot in the World Series state. A lot of sports going on. A lot wow. of chilling on the couch this fall. Make sure you're make sure you're you're fully stocked with Coors Light as you do it, folks. Make sure the mountains are blue. Make sure the silver bullets are uh, are flowing. Coors Light is the one that I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door at getcoorslight.com. That is getcoorslight.com for delivery straight to your door. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I, I have done this bit on Twitter for, God, as long as I've had a Twitter account, I have noticed that whenever big NBA games are taking place, um, you can get a lot of comedy out of just searching one of the players that is playing in the game and then the phrase looks like. And then you mm -hmm. just hit enter in the search and it's just <laughs> high comedy. And I've been doing this for 10 years like during the NBA Finals. I do this all the time. And I got to say, Duncan, this year in the Finals, you shattered a record for like the most tweets I saw where people were just letting it rip. Like, Duncan Robinson looks like this guy. He looks like, you know, just one after another. It was, yeah. it was I couldn't keep up with them all. So what I want to do with you is we, we have to decide, are these fair comparisons or not? Mm. And I, I want you okay. to look at the – so I pulled some tweets. We were going to show you the, the, the ones that, uh, that people picked. I love and it. And then you, de you decide from your perspective whether that is a fair or unfair assessment. All right? Amen. So the first one. Why does Duncan Robinson look like Sheen from Jimmy Neutron? This was the big one. We have to start yeah, this, with this one. This right. is the one I saw the most. Your thoughts? So I'm okay with it. This is my only problem with that is that I get I get Jimmy Neutron as well. 
So uh, that was the oh. next one. That's <laughs> right. So, you, so like you got to pick can't be both. Yeah. Like that doesn't even make sense. How can I be two <laughs> characters from the same show that, that really, when you look at them separate from each other, don't even look anything alike. So it's like, you know, like during, during the finals, the Lakers bench was yelling Jimmy Neutron at me. So, <laughs> I, so I don't, so I don't understand how I can be Sheen and also Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> How do you want to be Jimmy Neutron? Out of Which those one would two you choices, rather be? Yeah, you'd rather, you'd rather be Jimmy, be Jimmy right? Yeah, probably Jimmy. Yeah. What's the What's the next one? Why Duncan Robinson look like Jerry from Rick and Morty? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can get on board with that one as well. I mean, no, I, he's kind of. It's kinda, yeah. That that one's low effort, to be honest. That was yeah, just that, like that's what I'm. That's where I run into issues. If like if you're just gonna pick the low hanging fruit, like just over and over again, and just like you know. Mm-hmm random or generic looking white cartoon like we, yeah. we got to be a little yeah. bit more creative than that speaking of like being from the same show there is an onslaught of uh toy story ones so the mm. first one is why why does duncan robbins look like andy when he went off to college <laughs> there's that one and then the next one is why duncan robinson kind of look like sid from toy story oh you don't want to be sid <laughs> and then i don't want to be and sid. then of course uh duncan robinson yes. as woody yeah, yeah. that one, woody that, one I, that one i understand all right. <laughs> if I had to, if I had to pick, if I had to pick out of those three, I'd take Woody. Yeah, Sid yeah. is mean, man. Who, why, who would do that to you? That is, that's a Laker fan. That's a low that's blow. A fan. Uh, yeah, gotta be. There, there are a couple more cartoon ones. There is uh, Duncan Robinson looks like a human version of BoJack Horseman. That one, I don't like this one, Duncan. I, I mean, that's flattering though, Bunk. I mean, that that's BoJack great show. But yeah, like, great that, show. Yeah. Very, yeah, that's right. flattering. I'm not running from that one. Yeah, this this is the one that slays me because he starts with not trying to roast. <laughs> he says, "I don't, I don't, I don't. This isn't a roast. This is just a, an observation. Mm-hmm. Why does Duncan Robinson look like the McNulty twins from Rugrats? Which, like, I don't even care about the comparison. It was more of the guy started the tweet with not trying to roast. <laughs> right? Like, of course you are. <laughs> yeah, yes, you are. I can see that if I, you know, particularly when I have the um, short, you know, fresh off a haircut, I got it short on the sides, yeah. a little bit longer yeah. on top. I, I, I get that. Uh, all right, let's rip through the rest of these here. Uh, this one was, I didn't <laughs> How like. How many this are one. there? Oh, they, I, I told you, this, it shattered a record, Tate. <laughs> Why does Duncan Robinson look like Pinto from Animal House? That's a good one. I'm okay with that. Duncan Robinson looks like the random guy cannonballing into the pool at the start of a party scene in a high school movie. <laughs> Is that a compliment or not? Do we take that as a compliment? I don't think that's a compliment, but all right, all right. it could be worse. Duncan Robinson looks like an AP calculus tutor. Someone says, "That's yeah. a compliment." I get that. I get, I get tax accountant. I the get tax those. accountant. Yeah, yeah. Duncan Robinson looks like the type of guy that would cry when he gets pulled over. That's that. I don't like. that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't like that. that. <laughs> Duncan, this one I like. This one I took as a compliment. Uh, Duncan Robinson looks like the kid that jumped up to touch the exit sign every time he walked into a room in high school. Facts. I mean, I you're used to You're just yeah. tall. Yeah, yeah I, like, I used to that too. Yeah, I used to yeah, that's yeah. A, that's that. That cool in the, that the, yeah. the doorways, you know, like yeah, yeah. lay up on the doorway. Yeah, yeah, I still yeah, do that. Yeah. I'll do that forever. Yeah, exactly. like, I wonder if I yeah. can touch that. Yep, yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. Still, still kind of tall. Uh, <laughs> Duncan Robinson looks like the type of white boy to say booyah when he's happy. What? That's. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I've ever said booyah. Seriously, at least. Yeah. And then finally, the last one, I saved what I thought was the best for last. Duncan Robinson looks like someone tried to draw Tyler Hero from memory. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> That's good. I like that. I'll say this too. I think in general that people, you know, like comparing me to like very 
ordinary generic people <laughs> is a is an endearing thing because it's it's really like that it's like i'm themselves but playing right. in the nba which is yeah. cool i mean yeah. I, i'm just like i'm just a regular guy you know I, you're I an avatar here. for everyone watching yeah right you can, yeah mm-hmm. you're, you're the kid down the street the kid next door uh, right. before we let you go let's let's do some big 10 uh sports previews like because i i just michigan football your thoughts in general <laughs> um I, I mean i think they play this week right yeah the, the season's about to start that's why i wanted yeah uh, how, how optimistic are you and why um <laughs> i keep my my expectations uh right right in the middle you know i i don't all right, all right. i've learned particularly with michigan football you know they might i know minnesota's pretty good but they might come out and win and everyone's gonna you know say this is the year um even i don't even know if there's a national championship this year but um, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've learned that you got to get into the season before you really develop a, an opinion, um, on what this team will be. You got to so. wait for the Ohio state game. Mm-hmm. You exactly. Wait for the Ohio yeah. State game. yeah. <laughs> which we all know, which we all know how that one's going to go, but yeah. give us the scouting report for the Pentagon. You mentioned earlier, you played in Sioux Falls because, mm. uh, the, I don't know if you're aware of this. There's been a lot of, uh, announcements during trying to figure out what the college basketball season is going to look like that, uh, there's going to be a lot of games played in the Pentagon. They're, they're, they move the battle for Atlantis up to the Pentagon. Uh, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Gonzaga, who might be the number one team in the country, is going to play <laughs> Look Iowa. Look at that reaction. Yeah. Wait, yeah, they, moved the, they moved the battle <laughs> yeah, right, right. to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. To Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And, and yeah. Duke dropped out. Duke said Duke no. dropped out. When, when that happened, Duke dropped out. They're like, hey, we don't want to play this. Why would they go uh, up there? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Ohio State's in it. Uh, who else? Like Memphis is in it. West Virginia's Dayton. in it. Th- Dayton's yeah, Dayton's in it. In it. Um, yeah. But then also Gonzaga and Iowa are playing a one-off game, and those two teams could be top five teams when they play. Uh, Iowa's top five. They're going to be pretty good, yeah. They're mm. go- they don't play any defense, though, so they're going to lose some games. But uh, mm. um, but my question is, like, as college basketball people, we're going to be watching a lot of, like, big-time games in Sioux Falls is there are do you have any reports on like the rims or should we expect oh, high scoring games do we have absolutely what's the vibe um probably in my entire career it's the, my favorite gym to shoot in seriously oh. my entire career favorite gym to shoot wow in. um hammer that Gonzaga ha- game's gonna be nuts Gonzaga hammer, Iowa are like th- hammer they might the be over. the two best offenses honestly in hammer the basketball. over there you go wow for, right, for threes <laughs> for you know any sort of prop bet three whatever hammer the over I love um, that I think I'm convinced the rims are like maybe an inch short. So I, I, I think, which I think helps shooting a lot of times. The the depth perception is great because it's pushed right up against it. Um, nice. Yeah. This is, this is big the analysis time. we need. This is the big time shooting gym. Big time. Nice. Love nice. it. Um, anything else, Tate? No, is I think it? this has been we great. Fr- yeah. Duncan Robinson, friend of the program. Thanks for coming on. Original friend great. of the program. Debunked we, uh, all the media narratives. That's what we needed, yeah. you know. All the all the false stories that came out. We appreciate you sharing the real stories. Yeah, and not to get too sentimental, man, but it has been really, really fun for Tate and I. To, uh, like, we we're not going to ham it up too much and pretend like we thought you were a bum and all that. But it is like, <laughs> from our perspective, it is wild. I mean, you have to understand, Duncan. Like when we when we jumped on the Michigan bandwagon your senior year, we certainly did not have it. We didn't we didn't envision this. I think we'll mm-hmm. put it that way. And. uh you guys are to, playing to watch, the long game now. It smart. Yeah, well, yeah. it's it's one of the best investments we've ever made. But like in all honesty, <laughs> man, it's been it's been wild. We almost because, picked Isaiah Livers. That yeah, was we, yeah. <laughs> it's close. So close. Oh man, it, Isaiah's gonna have a big uh, year this year. I'm calling that he one. He is. Now. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. How many points <laughs> is he gonna score in the finals? <laughs> 
get this guy out of my face. Uh, no, man, we couldn't be more proud of you in all, in all honesty. Like it's, it's just been like, I, I don't know. I'll speak for myself. It's just been like, I, I've enjoyed the ride as though you're like my brother or something. It's like, and I don't mean to, and, and it's really weird. Cause like, I want to be proud of you and I want to be publicly proud of you, but at the same time, I don't want to make it seem like I'm just like riding your coattails for content and all mm -hmm. that stuff. So I don't really know. It's always, it's always a little awkward, but, uh, now that I have you on the show, I just wanted to say that, that, uh, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's been a ton of fun, man. And uh, you're, you're handling it so well. That's, that's the other thing that's cool. It's like, you're yeah. always, I don't know, you're, just, you're, you're very level-headed. And um, you're not like a shithead like Appreciate a, a lot of guys. I know that gets in the NBA and, <laughs> and let it all go. So um, anyway, appreciate you joining us, man. Have fun. Enjoy, enjoy the family. And uh, I don't know, we'll have, we'll have you back on at some point, right? Yeah, absolutely. I would, uh, I'd love to, to get back on. Perfect. Appreciate right, you, Doug. Appreciate you guys, man. Thanks for having me. there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen.